Hello everyone, this is Scott Geider, the voice of Horror Radio. I have three special guests from the film House of Good and Evil. Director David Moon, writer Blue de Goyer, and Rachel Marie Lewis. How you guys and gals doing? Hi. Hey, thanks hey. for having me on. That sounded gay. <laughs> Rachel, stop laughing. What? <laughs> <laughs> we were talking over each other for a No, we weren't. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to my show. Uh, I am a big fan, a big supporter of House of Good and Evil. Rachel, I want to tell you something. Um, your performance in this film was incredible. Thank um, you. No problem. This is one of these films that I mentioned in the review that it seems like a dime a dozen film. Now, when I say that, as far as the reviewer's end of it, there's a lot of haunted house this, haunted house that, found footage this, found footage that. But when I started watching this film, it's a small cast, so that makes the film a little more intense and interesting. You know, when you get a big cast, I guess here you, you, you get kind of lost in the shuffle. But the cast was small. It was you and your husband. And a tragedy happened to you and your husband. And you go to he goes and buys his house isolated in the woods I love that part of it and uh, things start uh, deteriorating two ways your relationship with your husband and what you experience in the house now um, your experiences with this film if you don't mind telling listeners you know your experiences of you know and uh, what you got out of it um my experience it was a lot of work um it was really nice shooting in Floyd because there. it was really nice to be able to sort of work without distractions because it is very much an, an isolated town. Um, uh, I mean, it was very, very tiring, um, but it was a great, great experience. Um, very physically taxing. Um, well, I, I found Blue. I, I saw a post for the role, and um, I saw it blew out because I thought I could play it. I thought I was right for it. Uh, and he ended up getting me into casting, and then uh, I auditioned, and then I ended up getting the part. He sent me a text message and said, congratulations. <laughs> and then I got it, and then, you know, basically it was like, now bust your ass. <laughs> Pressure's on, so. Yeah, and uh, you did bust your ass, and it was very impressive. And for the listeners, okay. uh, Rachel Maria Lewis played a character of Maggie Conley. And uh, in case you want to know... Blue, uh, you're next. Now, one thing that I will say, I want to say thank you to, is the Facebook message I got when you asked me about reviewing this film. Uh, I didn't know who you were exactly, and I just want to say thank you for the opportunity to watch House of Good and Evil. Thank you for the opportunity to watch it. I mean, you know, it's it's very daunting to have reviewers review your film, <clears throat> you know, prior to to it being out, and also just in general. So. You know, you're always risking it and you're sweating. And, you know, the fact that you do horror, we were really scared about it. You know, I don't want to say not making the snuff because it's a good film. It's just basically not being horror gore enough for, um, but then reading other reviews you've done that, you know, you appreciate the the story. And I appreciate that as a writer. No, no problem. You know, it, it, as a matter of fact, um, I've gotten a film yesterday. I finally got a chance to watch it, review. My wife and I did. It's called Chill. And one thing that I, one thing about reviewing movies that really gets got me started in this business is 
no budget to really low budget films to where you know that the special effects are not going to be um, excellent. You know what I mean? You're going to see some CGI every now and then. You know, and and I appreciate films like that. I see it with a different eye than a lot of reviewers do. A lot of reviewers just want to be Howard Stern and bash this and bash that. You know, and my theory is, why waste your time in bashing a film? I just don't review it. I mean, that's just my prerogative. But I've learned a lot in the last three years of all types of films. You know, a lot of people think that horror reviewers all they want to do is watch blood fests. Not the case. You know, there right. are some great. Now, this movie's labeled horror thriller. I would more call it a thriller than anything, but but the fact, I mean, the point that I'm making is, it doesn't have to be horror for me to review a film. You know, it's just I'll, I like to have a wide variety. You know, what I mean, there's comedy horrors, there's thrillers, there's you know all wow. kinds. And and like I said before, this film really surprised me because the ending especially. But um, how did you come across writing this story? Um, honestly, I was stoned. I walk for I walk seven and a half miles every morning and uh, just do a lot of walking and thinking and smoke some weed and next thing I know I'm, I was just trying to figure out what it was like to be a woman stuck in uh, it just evolved I guess but, uh, yeah a lot of talking to myself you know on my walks but uh, pretty much you know this script has been you know 13 14 drafts so um, it's a lot different than how it started out and Dave was there from the beginning so he can tell you that this script has gone through so many different changes so many different hands so it's nice to see it to fruition you know yeah and now I want to ask you one question I mean it's not like a dumb question but what was your feeling after the movie was finally started and finally finished um, it, okay. It's um, <laughs> a dumb question, but <laughs> no, no, it's not. It's not. I'm just trying. Right, to... I remember Sue giving him a really big hug. Yeah. As soon as we wrapped. Yeah, it was that was that was that was big for me. Um, you know, my wife, you know, from the beginning um, of, of this process, you know, we could have done it without her, and um, you know, and in the town that we filmed in, I mean, we got so many things. Um, thrown at us as filmmakers that you know we'll make a film uh the mic the mics that we used were designed by the people who designed the avatar uh microphones and they happen to be in this small town oh wow Uh, so they let us use their mics at no cost and uh, that was like awesome wow so a lot of things like that but uh, i think that's what when back to your question is it's such you know, you, you you wait eight years to, or you struggle eight years, and then that last year, everything just comes together all at once. And you thought you were prepared for it, and you just you weren't. You, I've learned so much, um, you know, working with Dave, working with Rachel, working, you know, with a crew that I didn't know. And um, you know, as a writer, you, I think you should know all aspects of of the film um, machine right. to be a better writer. And I think this has helped me. Excellent. Well, I just want to say congratulations again. I mean, thank you. When you watch this film, I don't know what the budget is, and I don't care to know what the budget is. I mean, I can find out from IMDb if it's there, but it doesn't really matter. But the way when you, when you watch the film, the film has this top of the edge look. You know what I mean? I think what really go ahead. 
Oh, I'm sorry, that's Dave. Dave, uh, again, he, he, he does a lot of studio stuff, and I mean, I'll let him tell you. Yeah, that. yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, Scott. But one thing I will say real quick before I get to David is, I th- one of the things about this film when I started watching it is I'm a big fan of Woods Horror, Woods This, and I thought what's one of the most amazing parts of this movie was the scenery. I mean, with her and her husband going out to find a spot for the cell phone, and then she goes out. But the scenery alone really wrapped up this movie as you know in a, in a package to really be able to feel the outside. If you, if, it, if that sounds stupid, you can like just feel it. Like you know, what I mean, it's like it's yeah. real, which it was real, of course. But yeah. and as you notice in the progression of the movie, it starts off bright and sunny. And then as it gets darker throughout the movie, you start to see the fog rolling in. Mm-hmm. There's less color. Uh, when we were shooting it, it was very green, very beautiful. Uh, but during color correction, I was like, you know what? I don't want that. I, I, wa- I wanted the life to – I wanted to sort of feel a little lifeless. You know what I mean? I wanted right. to pull the greens out and bring a little bit more of the yellows in as if the greens were dying and stuff. But, uh, yeah, absolutely. The, the, the location was absolutely amazing. And we, I think within the eight years of this movie trying to just get its foot started, um, I noticed the hardest part of – the whole production aspect of it within that time was um, finding the perfect house. And, yeah. you know, just hence the title, House of Good and Evil, and, and it was really hard to find that perfect house. Right. And even even this house that we were shooting in, it was just a challenge within itself as well because it was a giant, it was a, it was a what was it, an old school? Um, yeah, it was an old school, and the guy who owns it was actually building an airplane in it. He uses it, uh, he was using it as a work uh what do you call it? Uh, he was building an airplane. I mean, like, pretty much, you know, it sums it up. There's wings and, uh, you know, a cockpit we had to move and all these, <laughs> these, giant, these giant metal presses. Yeah, it's all by hand. We had, we had to build a wall, a false wall, and then, a, you know, the fake, we had to build a fireplace, basically. Um, you know, but we had to do a lot of stuff to it. But it had two front doors and it was very, uh, from the outside, it was, that was, we knew it right away. Uh, it had no porch. We got that built uh, uh, by the some of the uh, contractor in that town, and uh, at no cost. Wow! So we were lucky. But the homeowner has a new porch, so you know. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it, it was it was it, it was something else. That house when we saw it, I was like, wow! And that hedge took you know that is in front took like uh, eighty years to grow. So oh wow, that's pretty cool. Now, one th- David, before we get started with you, but there's one thing that I want to mention that I've heard your name before, David Moon, and of course I didn't see it. I said it wrong in the review. Sorry about that, but it never clicked. But uh, you mentioned to me about an actor that uh, I'm friends with, Andrew Roth. I said, you know what? Andrew did mention his name, and it's a weird, it's a small world because not only that you have a connection with. Uh, Andrew Roth in Inspiration I also have a, another uh, tie in with Sharif Salama with um, you guys as well um, it's just weird how small world it is you know it just the independent market is amazing because there's usually when you meet somebody that you really like it's funny how it always connects with somebody else absolutely mm-hmm. you know Absolutely. And that's how we all get work. It's word of mouth. It's it's networking, yeah. and, and it's just 
based on recommendations from other people. They're like, oh, this guy's great. You know, you should give him a call. And, and then, you know, everyone hits it off, and then you start the next project. It's great. Yeah, it, it's like Sharif, you know. I didn't know him at all. And then um, Andrew lives in Long Island, New York, and he came down to Reading down here about an hour away from my house. And he asked me to come up to do an interview. And then he had Sharif and the gang come up. And that's the first time I met Sharif. And the very first time I laid eyes on Sharif. He is such a cool, laid-back dude. It was just a fun a fun experience, a great experience. You know, he showed me how, you know, to, how to set it all up. And, you know, I have a habit of leaning over. And he would push me back up. It's my, it's my first time on camera. You know, and uh, it was a great experience. And he made it easy. But then we also met again in... Uh, about a, almost over a year and a half later up in Long Island, New York, when we shot the opening scene for Dakota, he was there also, you know, give me advice and help me out too. So Sharif is a good dude. So, you know, I'm glad that, you know, being me and raw in a business and, and to have people like that that's willing to help you and guide you, that includes Andrew as well. So I'm very thankful, you know, for the yeah, opportunity. They're both, they're both great guys. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for doing well, so David, I'm going to get to you. I mean, you already spoke, but you are the director of this film. And as, as far as a director, a movie is basically your baby. I mean, you treat it like your baby. And well, a writer, too, and an actress, too. But, you know, when you when the film was finally, finally finished, and how many reviewers has seen this film besides festivals? Um, Do you remember offhand? Six, I believe. Yeah. And then I can imagine the uh, suspense of wondering what they're going to say. Am I correct? It is pretty scary, and just like yeah. what Blue was saying earlier, you right? Because it's not the horror that you know we're we're talking about it, within the, like the subgenre of gore or whatever. If people are expecting that, you know, our biggest fear was will the horror reviewers accept it as a as a movie within that genre or the subgenre, as you're saying, as far as uh, it being a psychological thriller, right? And um, to our surprise, you know, it has it has gotten good reviews, so I'm definitely thankful for that. All right. So, what was the? I don't want to put your put your brain on overdrive, but what was the common denominator between all the reviews? Do you remember anything particular that you thought maybe they wouldn't like it as much, but they do? Mm. Well, the ending, obviously, everybody but, loves. It. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you know, they. they you know, and they, it's a it's a tragic love story, and a lot of you yes. know viewers that I've read, you know, actually catch that, and they actually feel for the character, and that's you know that's some damn good acting if you can feel for the character. And mm-hmm. Fantastic job. Yeah. Be sad at the end of it, you know. Yeah. Which, no, yeah. yeah. Well, one thing I will mention: there's a character in this movie that I just fell in love with, and you know what I'm going to say because I mentioned it last week, Mrs. Anderson. Yeah. Um. Uh, Maretta March is it Maretta March? Marietta. She was in the Marietta. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, uh, the 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 2003 and the 2006. She played uh, Luda May. Right, and she's just an remarkable woman. I mean, he's going to kill me. <laughs> I'm sorry, I shouldn't get lines out. Originally, we had uh, originally we had Tippi Hedren attached to that role, and then three days before. She was supposed to come out. You know, she was doing all these press junkets for uh, the Alfred Hitchcock uh, bio, the, the girl. Yeah. You know, when you're 82 years old, you, you, you can't really overdo it, and she overdid it, and she ended up, you know, um, and, and not, you know, admitted to the hospital temporarily in L.A. 
So we had to think quick, and Marietta, fortunately, was available, and uh, we lucked out there. We also had <laughs> um, Terrence Evans attached to the project, um, and he was also in. Yep. I'm yep. sure you, a lot of horror fans will know his his face, yep. but uh, he had a health issue last minute, and he was bummed. Um, but it worked out in the end, surprisingly. It just I lost a lot of hair in the process. Yeah, that's what happens when you have an independent film, and you can never you can never predict what's going to happen in the last minute. But then yeah. again, that also uh, shows the passion, the strength, and the willpower to keep moving. So that's a good yeah. sign. And when you're that far into the into the production, you can't stop anyway. So right. <laughs> And there was no phone reception up there, so I, I mean, I had to find, I had to stand on this one spot at the corner of this road, and, you know, it was, it was just, it was just crazy, because the guy who, uh, I'll get to that later, but I had a, a shotgun pulled on me, uh, at some point in this, in the shooting from one of the locals, yeah. so, that Damn was, a, but, uh, basically I was on the phone the whole time, you know, uh, just basically trying to, you know, run things, and, uh, even though I hated it and I was miserable, it was necessary to be done. You know, right. if you want a job done right, you better volunteer for it yourself. And uh, and, and I had to I had to wear a lot of hats. I would. That's the thing I'd do differently next time is have um, uh, more producers on the actual set to to, right. to work to take some of the burden off. Yeah, Dave had a lot of things to say about Marietta, though. Um, that was wonderful to have her on board, was that she knew the story inside and out. I mean, in, in the short time that we had her flying out and everything, she knew the story inside and out, the subtext behind all her lines. Um, even when I had her and Jordan improvise, you know, I, I needed uh, some vo- voiceovers of them fighting behind the walls. And she was fighting in character. I mean, I was like, you could just fight about anything you want. It doesn't really matter because I, I'm not going to really hear the words. But then they were fighting in character, and they were fighting about the story and, and this and that. And I was like, well, this is actually good stuff. I could actually use it now. So yeah, yeah. In, I mean, you could actually hear the words that they're talking about, what they were fighting about. But but that wasn't the original intent. I just wanted to hear just you know murmurs behind the wall. But right. Yeah, Jordan Rhodes, I thought was. Uh for a time that you've seen him, he has that uh, really creepy look. Just the way oh, he did in that movie it was just fantastic. He was great too. He was absolutely amazing. Um, and there were there were times, you know, he was like, "Hey, how how do you want me to deliver this line?" You know, and he would just say the line in like two different ways. And I'm like, you know, the the first one is great. Go with your gut because you know you're you're the seasoned actor. Like <laughs> 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 how to do anything, but you know, it was just. It was just within the delivery, and then even the first scene where we do see him, we, we hardly see him. Like it was intended where we can't see his face, but you know, I just told him to take his time, take control of the scene, totally eyeball Rachel up and down, just objectify this woman. Like you just want to, you know, nail her basically. You know, just put that creepy factor within all of that, and he, he just did it. And you know, it was hard not to. Not see it in that scene. Really right. His face in, but I still kept it dark enough to keep it mysterious and, and scary. But, right. but uh, he was doing a lot of good stuff in that scene. Well, the, yeah. you know, it the chemistry from what I see uh, in his film worked. I mean, there wasn't, you know, I mean, it's some films you can tell that 
if it's rushed, the chemistry is a little off. But this film was just laid out perfectly. I mean, uh, it's just a brilliant film. I mean, I can say it again and again and again. You know, I really enjoyed this film. Thank you. Thank you. No problem. Rachel, uh, again, you know, the performance that you did, you made it so believable. You know, it's just an amazing... You know, me being a, a, a young actor, not a young actor, but young actor in the business... Watching your performance is like a school. I mean, I'm actually learning to see... I mean, it's one thing to memorize a script. It's another to perform that script. You know what I mean? And I'm learning that now. When you watch movies and you're not in this business, a lot of actresses like you and actors make it look so damn easy. You know what I mean? But it's a lot of work. So anybody out there who thinks acting is so damn easy, you're a fool. Because it's not... Yeah. I'm going to agree not. with him. <laughs> it's not. I, got bits and, I have to be honest, I'm starting to lose a little bit of reception, but I got bits and pieces of that. So. Uh-oh. Well, hopefully but you'll be able to... Play you, it back later. <laughs> yeah, she can play it back and listen to it. So, um, any stories, background stories while the shoot of this film that's very interesting for listeners to hear? Um, well, I always love talking about the butterfly that was sadly cut from the film. Uh, we, um, well, we, um, yeah, Dave. What's <laughs> uh, up with that? I, uh, there, there was one take we did, and this part's not even in the film, but um, the, the morning after, you know, uh, Chris and I have the fight and he goes to bed drinking, there's sort of a shot where I come out on the porch and walk down the steps and then walk off to the truck. Uh, and um, we actually, the, the, the funny thing is we actually taped it twice. And the first time they were resetting and there was a butterfly, just beautiful big blue butterfly just sitting on the railing. And Dave was like, just roll, just roll. There's a butterfly in the frame. Just go because they wanted to get it. And then the battery died and we lost the whole take. Um, and everyone was really sad and we're like, okay, let's just be sad and, you know, brush this off and do another take and then in the next take um, they said action and halfway down the stairs the butterfly flew into frame <laughs> on my finger <laughs> if you sort of if you've seen the film so you sort of know what's happening uh-huh. right after, you know before getting the dolly after discovering Chris uh-huh. it was so appropriately placed um, in the story and we sort of had this moment the butterfly and I and then it flew off uh, but it was really, really amazing. <laughs> I know, it's like a classically trained butterfly, right? Yeah. Well, hey. That's an experience that you'll never forget. Remember that. Yeah, it was amazing. I still haven't seen it, but, you know. I did send that to you, didn't I? No. No, you didn't. You told Sorry. me you threw it away. Yeah, I did. Well, from the movie I did. Anyway, uh, it, <laughs> that was a nice scene, but unfortunately we had to cut it out for time purposes, but... um. But the the interesting part of that too was I thought about it at, at that moment. You know, my wife always says whenever she sees a butterfly flying around, she always says that's her grandmother coming back to visit her and stuff. And yeah. and so so I had that nice little moment of that too when I was watching it symbolically what that butterfly meant. And then I was like, oh, that's nice. But <laughs> without giving away too much, I can't say more. Right. But anyhow. Um, there was a lot of symbolism in this movie, though. Um, a lot of hints. I gave away a lot of hints throughout the movie. Um, and I think that was the trick 
the trickiest part of the whole entire movie is kind of slow playing the audience before the big reveal at the end but but enough to give away a little bit at a time as as things are progressing and trying to just tell you like hey something's a little strange (laughs) not not exactly what you think it might be you know so so that was the biggest challenge but I think we pulled it off yeah Uh, thanks Scott yes yes you did now where we shot uh, one good story is um there was a, there's a lot of moonshine where we we filmed this movie, and uh, oh yeah, there's all sorts of different flavors. But we uh, we certainly uh, dabbled in the local uh, moonshine industry, and we it oh, helped yeah. it helped get us through it. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I highly recommend apple pie. Apple, apple pie. Apple pie moonshine. <laughs> apple pie moonshine. You know what? I went to Georgia. Um, I'm from Georgia. I was I was in Georgia for the holidays, and I found a bar there that serves flavored moonshine. And um, their apple pie. They had apple pie. Did not compare. Did not compare to Floyd at all. Wow. They make it in the old stills still. You know, <laughs> like a TV show, right? What's that called? Moonshiners. Oh, Shiners. That's actually I think in the same uh, like one county over. Um, uh, that's what I thought. But yeah, like that that movie they did about uh, uh, what's the one the, the the moonshining movie that came out recently. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the Roy uh, Lawless. Yeah, Lawless. Law- that that yeah. was actually supposed to have taken place where we filmed our movie, but they actually filmed that in Georgia. But um, and that's one thing that you know, you know my segue to my point is this community. Um, as I mean, you you you're a filmmaker. You've probably seen this. Uh, it's so hard to get permits. Uh, to film a movie sometimes Mm -hmm. it took an hour from calling making a phone call and uh, the guy brought over the paperwork um, did did all all the paperwork for the permits to shoot wherever we needed to shoot an hour later um, he came to the house dropped off it an hour later we had our permits to shoot in this community Um, and that the opening scene where the the car you know the Mm -hmm. the truck driving down that was that cost three hundred dollars to do that scene um, to to for the you know permits and uh, all the extras and uh, wow. it was two hundred of that or a hundred of that was pizza you know um, so what I'm saying is the whole town came out we had an army uh, of people that really uh, supported this film and I think that is something a lot of filmmakers don't really tap into enough and if you have a community that will back you and help you with everything you need. Um, it actually brings commerce to that community, but they're going to be more apt to do bend over backwards for you, and they did that. Wow. And that's what I'm saying. The quality of this film, um, you know, it, it was shot beautifully. We couldn't have done a lot of the things we, we, we accomplished without the people of that community of Floyd, Virginia. So um, a lot of great stories of people coming out and helping, and it was weird. It's like... You know, when you see an Amish build a church in a day, that's how these people work. It was it was amazing. Wow. Yeah, I am in the Amish community, so I know about that. Yeah, it was in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Now, do you have a story that you mentioned earlier about a shotgun? Yeah, yeah. We were... Uh... <laughs> Did we tell this one? <laughs> that was actually key. <laughs> oh, yeah. My bus. Get off the phone. You're ruining my take. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, was, I was shooting, and uh, we were in the middle of a take, and you know, it's people do love 
when films come, but also you have to be careful you're not a burden on that environment. Um, and we tried very, very hard to, to not be um, a, a, an issue with the neighbors. And when I say neighbors, they're miles apart. It's not like, right. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So anyway, Dave's shooting a scene, and I, we hear you know shotguns going off at this neighbor guy, and uh, he's a, a, a veteran, a disabled veteran, and you know he suffers from uh, PTSD, and uh, you know it's it's something you have to kind of. Do del- delicately, you know. We we couldn't exactly say, "Hey, uh, you know, you need to stop shooting." But what happened is, prior to that, is we share a road with this guy um, who you know, pulled a shotgun out, and he felt that he wasn't getting access to his road, and we were, you know, basically keeping him from his property. Now, you know, that wasn't the case, but you know, maybe we were disruptive to his quiet lifestyle. So what happened was, is he starts hearing the shooting. And I go over to investigate, and um, you know, I I've been around guns before, and I just don't like being around them. And he basically pointed the gun at me, and uh, as I got closer, and I said, "I'll blow your fucking head off." Part of my language. And um, next thing I know, our PA is running behind me, and I had to tell him just the PA to stop, you know, just calm down, walk slowly. And I, I managed to talk the guy down with getting the gun out of my face, and I managed to. Uh, make a bet with him that uh, I could hit that target and so that's how we got the gun away from him and next thing you know I had to kind of communicate with him talk to him and and calm him down and next thing you know we're shooting his rifle at uh, milk uh, milk bottles so (laughs) and he was a sweetheart of a guy I mean he he came over the following day with a cooler full of drinks and said hey hey guys enjoy these drinks on me and stuff And, and we had him visit set and hang out and stuff so yeah, yeah. <laughs> sometimes you know that, that, it happens. I mean, it happens in every profession where people have their own privacy and and they feel threatened, no matter what the meanings are. But you know, it usually works out in the end. Right. Yeah. It, co- it cost me a quart of firewood, though. <laughs> I, I bought him because he heats his house. It's up in the way up in the Appalachian Mountains. He heats his house with you know firewood. So I bought a quart of firewood, and I pretty much. Uh, Kept us from getting shot from that day forward, so that helped. <laughs> Every little bit helps, I guess, right? The barter system, you know. <laughs> well, is there anything else you guys want to want to mention before we go? Um, no, I think we covered a lot of the a lot of the grounds. Covered a lot, yeah. About challenges, uh, recasting at the last minute, um, shotguns, <laughs> <laughs> butterflies. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, we will, uh, like I told you uh, prior, we just signed a distribution deal um, for North America. So um, we'll yeah. we'll let everybody know what's going on with that uh, in the coming weeks. But, Fantastic. I mean, I was glad to hear that. I mean, uh, yeah, thank you. No problem. Uh, you know, this movie is going to be successful. I can feel it. I know it. Um, there thank are you. people out there that like psychological thrillers with a touch of horror. And... Uh, but listeners, uh, don't make the assumption that I did before you watch this. Don't go into it thinking that's a typical haunted house, because it's definitely not. And then when you get to the end, you're going to say, what the hell? Fantastic. You're going to love it. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> spoken by a reviewer, I guess. Thank you, Scott. No problem. You. Rachel, uh, Blue, and David, thanks for coming on. 
uh, keep up the great work. I will do my end and keep promoting this fantastic gem. So, uh, again, thanks for your time this Sunday morning. Well, Sunday afternoon here, but morning there. So thanks Thanks again. Thanks so much. Take care of yourselves. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks thanks for having us on. No problem. And I'll get this thing edited up sometime today. All right. Thank you very much. Take care. We'll see you guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.